Welcome back to Arts About. show about art that's a work of art in itself. Sally, I'm wondering if we can get together with our team of writers and uh, invent a new banner for the beginning of the show. Five years I've been saying that. I know. Is, this, is it getting a bit boring? I'll come up with something, John. Will you? Good on you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You Although might, I do... It might be very acceptable, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not if Mark's going to write it. I'm not I do like the sentiment, what Mark though. Says. No, no, that's true, you're not. <laughs> Just as well, John. The sentiment's good, though. It suits us, the oh, sentiment. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I like it. Yeah. yeah. It just, could be rearranged. It's worn okay, then. thin. See what you can do, Mark. I will. <laughs> right, that's fantastic. Arts About is, of course, brought to you by the generosity of the McClellan Sculpture Park and Gallery. And you're here this morning with artist-in-residence and cultural sounding board, John Baird, the poetic Mark Stewart and me, Sally Bailey. So, uh, on this show this week, what are you going to be talking about, John? Schaffhausen. Who? Schaffhausen, mm-hmm. you know, because the painting is now called Schaffhausen. The Falls. Falls of Schaffhausen. Oh, Falls this is the... Um, the Bal d'Aosta. Bal d'Aosta, yes. Yeah, which it's actually called. And yes. Mark insists on calling it the Schaffhausen, Falls of Schaffhausen. So I'm going to talk about Schaffhausen itself. Oh, Very good. okay. Is, that's a place, isn't it? In Switzerland. Yeah. Well, the okay. Falls of Schaffhausen, actually. All right, obviously yes, from okay. Schaffhausen. <laughs> obviously. Obviously. Uh, what about you, Mark? Um, I'm going to talk a little about uh, a little bit about uh, electric cars again, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, Jordan Peterson, my good friend, who's um, coming to Australia in March, and maybe if we have time, a little bit about Esther, or Esther Abrahams, who was the first um, non-Catholic um, uh, person on the first fleet. Oh, the first non-Catholic person. Well, Jewish, and oh, um, really? she became one of the wealthiest women in in the in the economy in the uh, colony. in the new world. <laughs> the colony, really? Oh, okay, fantastic. Yes. So a little bit better. Uh, and Jordan, who you mentioned before, Jordan Peterson is yes. a um, clinical psychologist from Canada who did a very uh, well-viewed uh, interview on the BBC with. Um, Kathy Newman, her name is. She's a famous interviewee who's quite tough, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been viewed by four million people. It's all about um, the, the masculation of men and um, the Me Too campaign. And all that. Right, so which all... you alluded to last week. I did. Yes. Yeah, okay. Terrific. He won't put it down. Won't no, he? No, no, no. Got, <laughs> no he's, he's, a lot. he's like a dog, isn't he? Yeah, With a proverbial. It. It's just not going to be left alone. Well, it's okay. a big fight. Yeah. We're dealing with here. Absolutely it is. Mm. Yeah, good. Okay. Well, that's terrific. Um, we've also got the enigmatic and grumbling Cliff Ellen back on the show mm. this morning. Fabulous. Yeah, he's had a long isolated summer in the busiest part of the peninsula and we're going to see how he managed the hordes and whether he got a chance to get out and see a bit of theatre or film, which will be fun. It'll be great to see him again. Mm. We've also got coming into the studio this morning Bridget Thomas. She's a local artist and a local treasure, I think. Bridget's been painting things on and in the ocean to our great delight and has an exhibition at Merrick's General Store that opened last weekend called Fish and Chips. We mentioned it briefly last week. Um, Coming up next, we have James Carr with These Ain't Raindrops, uh, a little song while we get Bridget on the line. So just, I mean, in in the seat, I should say. Uh, Let's have a go and play this. Working from her home in Capel Sound on the morning to Peninsula, Bridget Thomas's fascination with all things marine is obvious. Her beautiful watercolour prints and ceramics all demonstrate a life looking seaward. She's had numerous exhibitions at Salt and Queenscliff that we've talked about and we've had her in on the show several times before. Last weekend uh, was her first for a while exhibition at Merrick's General Store and that opened uh, on the 3rd and is going to be there until the 25th. 
It's titled Fish and Ships and the punny title is both an obvious description and a dip of the hat to days gone by. And the institution of family dinners on the foreshore in summer and she's here in the studio with us this morning to tell us more. Good morning, Bridget. Good morning, Sally. Thanks so much for coming into the show today. Great, thanks. Um, it's a perfect marriage, isn't it, uh, on and below the water surface, uh, Bridget? Can you um, tell us a little bit about why you are so fascinated by the sea? I think because I grew up always near the sea. My dad was always had boats. We always went camping on the beach. Um, I think I was just fascinated with what was around always, yeah. Mm. And uh, tell me, have you always painted that or did, in your sort of life as a painter? Did you begin there or have you... Um, at art school, I was always doing boats, yep. um, big etchings of ships. And because my dad always had boats, he was very meticulous about his boats and it was a perfectionist. His boats were beautifully manicured and looked after and cleaned and polished almost. Sailing boats, obviously. Sailing boats and wooden boats that he Mm -hmm. built from about the age of 17. He built his first boat and um, they just got bigger and bigger. And in the end, we had some some yachts and things, but they were always really clean. And I think I used to get my little etching plates and um, draw boats, but then I'd actually hack into them with, you know, jewellery tools and things, which was may have been a bit of a stab at Dad, I don't know. <laughs> that were really... Uh, yeah, scratched them, scratched you mean. And, and, yeah, imperfect and, <laughs> and, you know, smudged and things like that. But, yeah, I just love boats. Yeah. Mm. Well, you're, you're a sailor yourself, of course, aren't you? Yeah. Yes. And uh, the beautiful watercolours that you do that are, that are the things that really, um, particularly the fish, because I have a couple of your paintings which are on the wall, which I see all the time. I'm always, um, I'm always amazed at their, um, I was going to say botanical correctness, but what's the word? What do I mean? Um, flo- uh, uh, they 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 look like the real fish. I mean, they're yeah, they're they're scientifically correct drawings. Yeah, I draw them from life. Yes, and um, or death, I, as or the case death, may be. Yes, mm. Sometimes, if I've caught something, I'll take a photo of it and pop it back if it's something I don't want to eat. Um, and other times, I've had fishermen ring up and say they've got this weird thing, and could I paint it? And I really love those ones because you have to look doubly hard at them. Things that you've normally done, like garfish and salmon and flatty and things that you know you see every day you're sort of almost blasé about them you, you know but they're all they're all different they each and everyone's mm. different but um when you get something unusual you have to really really observe it and i love those that challenge yeah are the, are the dead fish look different to live fish yes their color, color changes and credit and constantly you know right. from yes and do they flatten out a bit or something and or they do it? but the, you know that brightness and that life goes yeah. from them and then they'll change again and then rigor mortis and then you know right. they're yeah, the, and then the salad and the chips. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the salad dressing. Yeah, that's changed it a bit. We've we've seen too in in the sort of the progression of the years that that, that ships are that there's more and more ships. Certainly, are quite a lot of those big uh, um, container carriers that we that we see going in and out of the heads all the time. Yeah. But also ships with rigging and and so on. Do you um do you photograph these? I do. I've, I've yeah. got a little boat. Maybe, maybe there's more of them and they're closer up because I've got a boat and I can get out to the shipping channel and take photos and I have to take photos because they're going quite fast. Um, mm. yeah, so I guess I have to justify my time out in the water. So that's why I'm always drawing the boat. Well, you don't have to justify it. No, you don't, don't actually. You can, just, you can just do <laughs> that if you want to. <laughs> but the, the ships, uh, whilst being accurate, have a kind of a character that you bring to them as well, which is I always thought was rather charming. Mm. You know, they have a kind of... Uh, the, 
they're not caricatures, but there's something about them which exaggerates the particular charming bit of them. Well, I have my favourites. Yeah. I love my cement carriers. Just, right. Yeah, oh, who why. doesn't love a cement carrier? <laughs> Which know? ones are the cement carriers? How do you tell a cement carrier? Oh, they're generally pretty bland and grey. Yes. Uh, oh, are they the really tall no, ones? Not, no? no, they're the car carriers. They're particularly uh, boring. They're they just are. Square. Yeah. But the ca- cement carriers have got a lot of workings on them. There's a lot of detail that I just love drawing and working out. That goes there and that one, that pipe goes there and that that funnel goes there. and that's how They, they have a kind there. of a line of... Um, of gantries on them, don't they? Yeah, yeah. and generally they're grey and dusty. Yeah. Mm. Except for Galath, which is a beautiful one. She's, she comes and goes from Melbourne almost, or certainly weekly, maybe a couple of times a week. Because actually that, that's, there are quite a lot of them that are real regulars, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. I, I certainly yeah. know from my time living down further on the peninsula, and we used to see them regularly. We, they became friends. You could almost, you could go, oh, it's Tuesday. You yeah. know, because you recognise the ships that were coming in. Yeah, people do have their familiar ones that at a certain time there's the little green one. And yes, I love that. A couple that. of those ones. Are Where does it go, the little green it one? It goes to, to the top of Tassie to Devonport or Burnie, one of them. Burnie, yeah. I think, yeah. because yeah. funnily enough, I just flew over there recently. I went down to Mona. Oh, and there it was. Yeah, we yeah. saw it just off the yeah. coast there. Yeah, and one goes oh. into Tamar, into Devonport. And, um, yeah. and when I was at Point Nepea and I did... As a residence, there's a view of the shipping channel from there, and I, I just love drawing the ships daily or so mm. constantly. So you just, you have, it's a constant record of maritime shipping that I have, and then I often put them into a big, big painting. When you were in yeah. Port in the Pean, in the uh, Point in the Pean, did you feel like there was some sort of ghosts or something going on it's there? It's very yeah. spiritual, yes. Spiritual yeah. in a positive sense, or um, yeah, yes, I love being there. I okay. think so. I've, lots of people think it's quite devastating, especially around the quarantine area, and they think it's quite. Um, no, I just felt that in that little house there was some sort of massacre or something had gone oh, on. Really? I thought, yeah, oh, yeah, I thought oh, it really it. dark. Are you just trying to create that? No, no, no. Really? I thought because apparently you and McGregor, uh, who the painter, he felt felt something very oh. very dark in there as well. So I just yeah. wondered if other people felt a lot, it. A lot of people don't like staying there by themselves, but I love the isolation. Yes, well, you know, I, it's not the isolation where it's just that feeling. There was something in there which mm. I thought. Uh, yeah, Anyway. Mm. Uh, are you planning to do another residency there? I've applied, so yes. I always hope so. Yes. It's great um, indulgent just to just work non-stop, even though you know, I work at home and I don't have, you know, it's my full-time job. It's, it's just, you just dedicate yourself to being there and no one to disturb you and yeah, mm. you just keep going. Really Tell me, everything. have you ever been inclined to paint what we call the love boats, you know, the, 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 night, the cruise ships that go out? No, no. I look, I do them on my little marine traffic daily ones because they, they come and go, but they're, you know, they're pretty ugly, aren't they? They are pretty ugly. <laughs> they, although they do look quite good at night, which, yes. but I guess that's, yeah. that's a hard well, one the, to Well, the QE2 was quite delightful. I loved her. Mm. She's no longer going. So the exhibition that you've got coming up, oh, well, it's, it's opened already at, uh, um, at the Merrick's General Store. Uh, as you, I think you said to us before, it's the first one for a while because it's, the place has changed a few times, hasn't it? Yes, yeah, they've got a lovely little house next door called, um, I guess it's called the Veranda, or, mm. and they often, they'll swap between traders, there's like, they have like house things in there over the busy time, Yep. and then they open it up for a gallery space, which is a great space. It's a wonderful empty. space, yeah. it's a lovely place to, under those beautiful trees there. Yeah, and they've emptied everything out, so it's, it's yeah, it's huge, it's bigger than I thought actually, when, because when they have the traders there, it's quite cluttered and really interesting things there and nice. so so you've got quite a few works there yeah. 
Yeah, um, they, they look great. Yeah. The opening was a lot of fun. Oh, I really, really enjoyed myself. <laughs> I think you may have Lot had a couple too many. Too to many, yes. A lot of red dots too, I saw, so get in quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get in quick. That's really exciting. Um, so Fish and Chips, uh, it's a perfect title, isn't it? I mean, it is lovely. Yeah. Did, did it, does it really, I mean, for me, I absolutely think of those those years with little kids or being a little kid myself on the beach with the seagulls and the, you know. The, the paper, yeah. the chips wrapped in the yeah, paper. But yeah, days gone by. The vinegar and inside and the salt. It was mm. so great, wasn't it? Yeah. But um, it is a terrific title. We wish you all the best of luck. I hope they all sell. Uh, and it's really wonderful that you've got exhibitions back on this side of the coast because we talk about them. We often mention them, of course, when they're at Salt, but uh, it's a little harder for us to get yeah, there. Yeah, no, it's a great space. I appreciate being there. Thanks so much for coming in and Thank talking you. to us today, Bridget Thanks Thomas. Thanks, Bridgie. You're listening to Arts About on RWPFM with Sally, John and Mark and we've just been talking to local artist Bridget Thomas about her exhibition Fish and Ships at Merrick's General Wine Store. Uh, so next, here's a few messages from our sponsors before we come back with John's fascination this week. And now it's time for John, John on. Yes, it is. Time for John on. That's Sting. Yes. You can leave alone, thank you. Are oh, you happy with that one? I'm happy okay. with that one. Oh, I'm not good. so sure. Huh? Yeah, well, a bit of a vote on that. Well, it keeps Swanee <laughs> in the show, doesn't it? Yeah, vote away, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good luck with that one. Yeah. Okay. The Falls so, of Schaffhausen. Schaffhausen, yes. Uh, Schaffhausen's a, um, a town in Switzerland, and uh, it's on a little kind of... Um, bordered peninsula that goes up. It's bordered on Germany by three sides, essentially. It's on this little peninsula. Not a, a peninsula into the water, but a peninsula into Germany. And uh, on the Rhine River, and uh, the falls are just out of town there. Uh, and the falls, which um, apparently fascinated Turner, because uh, he titled, according to Mark, titled that painting after him, um, and I'll just talk about the falls a little bit. They're, I've got here, it says that, uh, they're 150 metres wide and 23 metres high. In the winter months, the average water flow is 250 square metres, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the highest flow ever measured was um, 1,250 cubic metres and the lowest 95. Uh, so that you can... Out of that, you can kind of imagine what size they are. Not a big set of waterfalls on in Australian... Uh, terms terms <laughs> at all uh, but Schaffhausen itself um, is a kind of interesting interesting place it was a um, it belonged in a sense to the Habsburgs uh, for quite a long time but uh, gained independence as a result of a deal done with um, the anti-pope uh, the anti-pope that was the that anti-pope. Who's yeah. the that, anti-pope? That was the during 150 years there were two popes. Yeah, one of them was in Avignon and the other was in Rome. Well, and Avignon, I think that's the one you're talking about, is it? That Pope Gregoire. There have been many anti-popes, and uh, there uh, was it's not a term that I'm familiar with. No, but I'm not soon, familiar with it. As soon as I started looking into this, I thought, well, that's interesting, and it's a term I love. The mm. anti-pope. Me too. I want to be one. <laughs> well, no, there were many popes in those 150 years, yeah. but they were they were based in Avignon, which is why Avignon is such a uh, wealthy. Yeah, the French and the Spanish had a set of popes that the Italians and the Germans uh, and the English didn't agree with. Consecutive they, popes. They yes. had their own popes. 150 yeah. years. Oh my word! Um, God didn't really care either way. Look, <laughs> <laughs> this particular pope, um, 
It was said at the time that he was utterly worldly-minded, ambitious, crafty, unscrupulous and immoral, a good soldier who had links with local robber bands. Mm. So he was a guy obviously thought, I want to be Pope, and uh, had enough connections to get himself there. My favourite... Do you know what his name was? Yeah, I've I've dropped the page on my iPad, I can't remember his name. But my favourite Pope is, of course, Clement the Buggerer. With with the (laughs) ever-so-fabulous name. (laughs) Schaffhausen, Mark, you might be also interested to know, uh, is a town where uh, a couple of the world's um, luxury watchmakers uh, are, including IWC, uh, International Watch Company, uh, there in Schaffhausen, and uh, recently... Uh, I was going through some stuff that my grandfather left behind and in my possession, and in there was a uh, 1954, the date of my birth, IWC company, uh, International Watch Company watch from Schaffhausen. Really? Yeah. So did you sell it? No, I took it to the watch guys in Melbourne, and they love it. They've opened it up and had a look, and it's... uh, it's numbered and dated mm. and 18 karat gold. Wow. Uh, it's got diamond bearings in it and uh, it's a very, it's a beautiful thing actually. Value? It's a little run down. Um, and so they're fixing it for me, going to put an appropriate band on but it. Then perhaps that, that'd be good for you, John, to run time running down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we all want, we all want a little elongation of time. It's worth thousands of dollars. Oh, oh good. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I don't like watches. I'm not a watch man. No, I love them. I know you do. I get claustrophobic with watches. It's funny, I don't wear them but either. No, no that. I was talking to these guys about this watch and the watch itself, uh, a watch like that made in the 1950s in Schaffhausen. Um, would have taken uh, a watchmaker probably around a week or two to put together. And the watchmakers themselves, whilst a lot of the parts for it were being made by other people, the important parts were made by the watchmaker himself mm-hmm. and uh, the whole thing assembled and put together and gotten running by the watchmaker. And then the face and the hands would have come independently into the machine. Right, but we're, we're going into watches and away from the falls of Schaffhausen. Schaffhausen <coughs> can do nothing but lead to watches, Mark. Mm. But then, okay, so let's lead back. Or Turner paintings. To Turner, yeah, right. because we still, uh, for our listeners, they don't perhaps understand that what this, this ongoing discussion about the falls of Schaffhausen... It's actually an ongoing squabble, to be yeah, quite honest with you. ...is about the fact that it was originally called... What was it originally called? I can't remember now. Valdosta. Valdosta, yes. Yeah. Um, a, a beautiful title for a painting. I, I and, totally agree. I yeah. do. I do agree. And and, and either the, way, and when you look at the painting, sorry, when you look at the painting, you couldn't tell what the hell the difference is anyway, because it's typically turned. It's so abstract and so sort of filled with light that you can't, you can't even really see what's going on. You have to imagine it. You more. could have called it anywhere. <clears throat> you could have called it um, any old you know, um, quiet corner. Quiet, quiet corner. <laughs> <laughs> I've always known it as the Valdosta and uh, will continue to know it as the Valdosta. Uh, I don't mind it having in brackets after that sh- Falls of Schaffhausen. But, but um, when you look at the painting itself now, it's the opposite. It's called yes, the Falls I of Schaffhausen. Yes, I know. Yeah. Well, they put the brackets in the wrong spot. Maybe you should go and speak to... But it's interesting, I think, that my favourite painting at the NGV and now one of my favourite objects both come from the same place. Mm. Oh, yes, how mm. funny is that? I'll have to go there, I suppose. Yeah, I guess you will one of these yeah. days. Yeah, it's better. You better get there, John. Why is that? Because ah, it's waiting for you. Time's running out. <laughs> 
So, okay. We've got, uh, I think it's time for you now, Mark. All right. Well, just to continue on the line of watches for a moment, yeah. <coughs> Henry Ford was visiting Switzerland and um, went to see some famous watchmakers. So I don't know who they were. And he realized that um, when they were making the watches, the, the most of the people were sitting in one spot and the watch parts were moving on a chain. Right. And this was, a, he realized this was chain, uh, what do you call it in um, the industrial? Uh, uh, conveyor belts. Um, when they, fa- factory line. Um, yeah, I forget now. To, there I is forget. a name for it. There yes, is a name is. for it, which yeah. we neither, none of us have. Assembly remembered. line. Assembly line. Uh, was that the men didn't move, the pieces moved. Mm. And this is how he managed to build, he decided he'd build a factory in, um, in America for the A model. The old T model, which one? T was model. T, T model, model Ford, yeah. yes. And that um, he managed to halve the price of the uh, the cost of the car, which he then. So what he did was he halved the price of the car, doubled the wages of his, of all the people who were working for him. They were all able to buy the car, and this is what this was the beginning of mass mm. production. And yet Henry Ford had the idea he wasn't going to. Just, so he sold the cars to the guys who made them. Exactly. Yeah. For, but for a very well the beginning in the beginning, and then continued on. From Did there. he also invent um, payment plans? Uh, look, Henry was a pretty. He was pretty way up there. He was quite. A, he looked after his people, like the people who started Phillips. They were, yeah. It was all. It was all very sort of looking after the workers. Yeah. The, idea. the Americans had saints. He'd be one. Had what? Sorry, saints. He'd be one. He'd be the one, Americans yeah. had saints. He'd well, look. One. If you look into the saints that the Catholic Church has, there, there a lot of them are really doubtful. Hmm. Jesus. Can we get on, please? We can get on. All yeah. right. So, look, um, talking about cars then, mm-hmm. we're going into cars. Cars. electric cars. Oh, electric cars. That's yeah. right. Um, which, where is that? Oh, yes. So, electric cars are capable of doing 100,000 kilometres without maintenance. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, because the electric motor is so A good uh, one. simple, any car, any of them will be like that because there's no very few moving parts. Okay. okay. So, um, have you ever driven an electric car? I've, no, but I've been in one. Okay. Well, I drove one the other day, the BMW, the little boxy one, yeah. and it's just extraordinary the acceleration you get from them. Yeah. No. And and the inertia that when you when you stop accelerating, mm. it's it, it slows much quicker than a normal car. Mm-hmm. It's not idling. So very, you're not using brakes. Mm-hmm. You're not using. There's no oil. There's no, none of this. So what's going to happen is all the dealers are going to go out of business because you don't buy electric cars on in dealerships. You buy electric cars online with Tesla, oh. for example. There's no such thing as a dealership. And so dealers they don't have nearly so regular servicing requirements. Well, that's it. A hundred thousand kilometres. How often doesn't do need you, oil. No, it doesn't need anything. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be the, and the dealers when they sell cars, a new car is uh, only, the margin is only two percent, and they make all their money on the servicing right. charges. So this is going to be a major problem for a lot of people uh, by about 2025. There oh. won't be any uh, garages in progress street in in uh, Mornington. So um, another problem is electric cars don't use petrol, so they are dodging the fuel excise yeah. tax, and they're saying that it's the that um, the you know, which helps manufacture, which helps uh, the construction and and it uh, won't take uh, governments long to to turn that around. Yeah. And what they're saying now is it's the poor people paying for the wealthy who are you know, the only ones who can afford the electric cars now. Not paying road tax. Yeah. And well. as you, if you know that it costs a million dollars for a mile of freeway. They're going to need some money to come in pretty soon. They are. Well, that, that, there, there's some move afoot at the moment to encourage the governments to buy back the privatised electrical 
um, Grids. utility. Okay. Yes, and mm. I wonder whether or not, thinking about it, maybe that's a little bit behind it. It's, it's, um, there's a, it's going to be a big change. What people are saying is the carbon footprint of electric cars is going to be quite major because they're you know they're charging and the co- it's coming from coal-fired plants yes. in this country so it's a it, it is a big question for a lot of people how they're in know. other words in order for it to be a real benefit to anyone they have to get the electricity for the cars from green energy <coughs> from either solar or yeah. wind which powered. is which is a, not really happening as quickly as they hoped. But look, it's all, you know, it's all, it's all coming, coming together fairly quickly. Now the other thing is, so, you know, they're going to re, redesign buildings, um, com- um, towns for electric and autonomous cars. Mm-hmm. Apparently in Marichidor in Queensland, they are building a new CBD, which is, uh, or, which is going to, um, be made in relation to what, what's going to happen in the future with electric cars. And oh, autonomous how driving. interesting, really, because. It's already happening. Yes. So what they're saying is no more, uh, gar- no more double garages, no more driveways, none of that. That's all going to finish because people won't even have cars in the, in the future. So How will they get around? They will whistle for a car. Ah, will they? Or you call it on your phone. So that what happens is, um, it would have the CBD would have internet connectivity of limited speed of unlimited speed that would allow for communication between the environment and the council through a series of sensors in buildings and surrounds. There will be sensors on light poles, so we can adjust lighting. And a voice application linked to a person's profile in the traffic system would mean John could say, bring me a car to take me to my studio, and the autonomous vehicle would know where you are and which cafe to take you to. I already do that. <laughs> That's your wife. I like the sound of the future. <laughs> so that, look, I, I like, but I'm also a bit concerned if they, when they say a voice application linked to a person's profile in the traffic system. Yeah, true. It looks like they're, they're really, I mean, this is the thing where we're going to be. Behind it all, Mark, and I think control. this is more interesting than anything is that Tesla, the na- Tesla's namesake, of course, was the man who invented Nicola. power. Yes, um, Nikola Tesla. That uh, didn't need cabling, and in fact, um, if they can marry that to um, the internet, mm. then people will be able to charge their cars while they're driving them. Essentially, you'll be able to download power. Mm. Is that a, something you just made up? Or you're, no, no, well, it's something no, I would like to do in the extrapo- future. <laughs> it's an extrapolation of Tesla's ideas, which yeah. was basically that you would, you, you almost, as well as you, in the same way that you receive radio waves, you can receive yeah, energy. Yeah, energy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I get that often with um, certain girls. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't know where that was going. Okay, let's so, move on from electric cars, right, shall well, we? Uh, um, my good friend Jordan Peterson. Oh, yes. Everybody should look at the YouTube of uh, his interview with Kathy Newman on BBC. <clears throat> it's, uh, it's been reviewed by 4 million people and it's creating a lot of controversy about his... his, his he is a clinical psychologist who talks about the fact that men need to be become more responsible that the men most men in the world are quite childlike there's a lot of problems with the uh, the way they're brought up by by it's something i noticed often in italy and a lot of um in the arab culture that the boys are treated like gods and the girls are treated not very well mm. and that when the boys get to a certain you know 17 18 they realize that they're not they're not gods they're just a you know, like everybody else they Creates a lot of problems with their self-esteem. Absolutely, because then of course they can't do anything no, because exactly. they haven't, haven't Whereas the girls have just been treated yeah. and they, and they get on with their lives and, and yeah. are much clearer about what they want. So, um, you know, when we're talking about this sort of, um, the latest 
thing again with cars is do you know that um, the the grid girls um, oh yeah no more no more grid girls oh are they grid persons <clears throat> no grid, no grid no kids. people at all grid, no oh. grid kids are going grid to have kids yeah oh, yeah so um, will and, they be in bikinis well no, probably not John because that would be a little bit. <laughs> The <laughs> um, meaning, perhaps, mm. but they, what, they, what the girls are saying is they're outraged because they were earning five hundred dollars for a, yeah. you know, two hours work, two They've or three hours work. Job. They've lost their jobs because someone said, "No, you can't do this." So it's a uh, interesting phenomenon. Well, there's going to be lots and lots and lots, lots of, of ripples going on. There. I would have thought that, in fact, they've lost their jobs, not necessarily because um, the idea of having grid girls is passe, but because Formula One wants to save some money. Well, no, they're going to have kids. I mean, they, they make a lot of money. You pay kids one. less. They I don't know. I don't think it's a question of the money. I think it's a question of, uh, you know, they're just being careful. Political correctness. Very, very careful. Yeah. Now, just to get the last thing, Rose McGowan. Yes. Um, she's the one who started the Harvey Weinstein Me Too campaign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's, um, is promoting a trilogy of new projects this week, including the album Planet Nine, which is something that she's done, a docu-series called Citizen Rose that's been made about her, and a memoir called Brave. Right. So she's raking it in and making <laughs> the most of it, and I'm sure she doesn't give us whatever about the rest of it. I'm, I'm, that really upsets me, this uh, Rose McGowan woman. But I'm not going Why? To because she was the one that <clears throat> first, first well, she uh, was, outed. I, I, I think she's Weinstein. a hypocrite in the sense that she, uh, 20 years ago, this whatever happened between them was, was apparently on one side consensual, on the other side not. She was paid a, an undisclosed sum, indisclosed sum, which I, God only knows how much it was, and now she's coming back and she's making more out of it. So when you, the fact that she's making money from this situation for me is, ex and she's destroyed the mm -hmm. career of someone who, you know, who obviously was questionable, but you, you want to get, you deal with questions. She's people. capitalizing she's, on she's something. She's capitalizing on something that happened. Yeah. Yes. And well, I find you know. that. Very, but presumably very she, um, began her process of capitalising on it before she uh, undertook her remarks about, um, I mean, it takes longer than <coughs> the last six months to get all that. Not in America. Out. Not in America, man. They really? see, mm. once you've got a name like that and everyone's looking, they're going to, you know, they'll they all start pedalling really fast. Absolutely. Hey, listen, um, I'm going to play a bit of music now while yeah. I go and get our, uh, um, Is he about? elder. Well, I think he might be lurking around outside. Yeah, so, I'd smoke um, a cigarette. cigarette. Yeah, probably. So from Nebraska, <laughs> co-founder of Saddle Creek Records, this is indie rocker Connor Oberst, who play, who's played in numerous bands on numerous labels. This is him with a song called A Little Uncanny from an album called Salutation. Well, he's been hemmed in by visitors for the last couple of months and only able to get word out on social media. It's wonderful to see him in the flesh again. It's time for a view from the cliff from our sage elder, writer, actor and portal to the performing arts. Good morning, Cliff Ellen. Welcome back to Arts About. Uh, good morning, Sally. And uh, it's good to be back temporarily. Oh, well, it's always, we're all temporary, aren't we? Age, it's a day at a time. Hello, Mark. Hello, John. Hi, Morning, Cliff. Yes. Still Good alive, I see. Yes. Uh, while I was away, which must have been three or four months, I ran into a couple of people who actually listened to the show. Yeah. yeah. Really? really? So there are actually people out there who listen to They knew to my voice. I think they heard me talking. <laughs> really? They knew my weird voice. Oh, that's you so know, good. Just a high-pitched sound to my voice. Uh, what have I got to talk about? Uh, yeah, well, whatever you like. I, I mean, I'd be interested to see what you've been doing. Have you been watching any films or what have you been doing since well, we've last seen you? as far as, as concerned, I mean, we've got a lot of culture at the Frank Sinatra Centre, haven't we? 
Yeah, yeah we do have quite a bit a of... Good show. Two shows in town going wrong. Priscilla is going really well. Is it? Yeah. People well, just love I that, mean, I it's think. it's a comeback show, of course. Yeah. It's been on before, and Simon Phillips and the rest of the... Oh, Tony Sheldon's good. Uh, David Campbell's basically fantastic as Bobby Darren. We won't mention the American fellow. A lot of people... Oh, I was just trying to move your mic, but it didn't do, it didn't do a very a good job. Sorry about that. A lot of people for the love of Mrs. Brown. You've got to be <laughs> desperate. <laughs> whenever, for the love of Mrs. Brown. someone says, I'm, you're going to Mrs. Brown, I, I, I look What is me. that crap? Yeah, what is it? It's yeah. sort of a 1950s... Well, double entendre stuff, or whatever you call it. Is that the word? Double entendre. Double entendre. Got to be careful in front of Mark. I know. <laughs> he's got all the pronunciation, <laughs> French no, pronunciation. No, I'm more concerned, as far as television goes, I'm more concerned with the ABC. I mean, what are they doing? They're losing their reputation. They got on on Craig McLaughlin, two nights running. Then they got him on the drum, two nights running, with uh, Julia Baird. And uh, connected up with the Me Too crowd. I just don't understand why they do all this stuff without waiting for the story to run its course. I know they they seem to be following the commercial stations. They're all desperate to be the first one out. And well, uh, but the ABC is you know I, I can understand the age. They follow it up trying to get a, a story. But the ABC is supposed to be, have a little bit of a reputation. Don't well, you? look what is happening to the ABC. It is being dismantled. I've got to say, it's not the the bastion of uh, of taste and um, industry that it used to be. It's no, it's not. well, they have to have uh, they have to have viewers in order to justify their existence. Well, commercial stations need viewers in order to sell advertising space. The ABC needs viewers in order to continue to get funding, presumably. If well, they don't have the viewers, they'll have their funding cut. That's a, that's a traditional argument. But uh, in point of fact, the voice had the viewers. Uh, are you suggesting they'll get more viewers by well, changing their ways? Uh, I think that's the thinking. And the funding is political. I mean, the Liberal Party... They're thinking that people will go to Channel 7 or Channel 9 to find out well, what's actually, happening with Craig McLaughlin rather yeah. than watching the ABC. But it's they also... They might go to 3AW, yeah. They mm. might go to 3AW, but equally they go the to... They get from the Herald Sun, yeah. There's a whole lot of social media that they're competing with as well now. It's not just the it's not just the main stations that, the, that divides the audience anymore. They're... People can choose not even. People don't watch television an awful lot, well, or they, or they, or they get their news on um, Facebook or Twitter, or they, I mean, there's just yeah, it's all connected with it. But mm. I'm still upset. Oh no, I'm with you. Take the uh, what was it? The office uh, cabinets oh, uh, in yeah. the news. They played that on, on the ABC. Now I'm but, sorry. Well, that's because it's fabulous. Yeah, but I'm sorry, <laughs> but. Uh, there was a couple Why? of processes there's the nothing answer. in there. There's got to be another story to all this. It, it, it's not just somebody in the public service. Why, how would you get rid of cabinets that are full and you can't get into them and just sell them? You wouldn't do it. Yeah. I mean, anyone will buy them if they're cheap and they're full. You never know what's in mm. them. Yeah, it's a good I, point. I don't I... believe it. I don't believe it. I there's, just thought that's what a cabinet it. leak is. Do you think it'd be a good business plan? Huh? <laughs> I think the it's, thing is, is that people saw more it as... Short, Mark. That's <laughs> all I'm saying. Exactly. And again, the ABC came in, you know, full on. I'm surprised it wasn't on the drum. But I, I try not to watch the drum because it's straight out of Sydney. And uh, We know what bye. you think of Sydney. Mm. Oh, not as bad as what I think of Julia Baird, but still. <laughs> 
Who's Julie Baird? Sorry. Who's uh, she's, uh, she's on the drama regular. She sits yeah. on the desk of a TV show, which is a... I, okay, I don't have a television. So it's powerful. I think her father was a premier once. Mike Baird? I think so. Mm. She wrote a fabulous book on Queen Victoria. Did she? She's very clever. Yeah. Oh, mm. yeah, very clever. But she comes in too hard for my taste. In fact, she was a history uh, professor at Harvard University. Ah. Oh. Well, mm. so, yeah, well... But I, no, I haven't got a lot to say about Well, um, I, what I'd like to know is, Cliff... On, uh, television. Yes, well, ask me something. Yeah, <laughs> the hordes of uh, the hordes of rye, they've gone mostly now? Oh, it's spooky. Is it? Yes. Is it like, yeah. a, are there tumbleweeds going <laughs> down the street? No, Friday, it's spooky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they'll come back on the weekend, but, uh, well, you've got no background music because mm. there's no uh, jet skis yeah. and there's no motorbikes, you know. You can and, uh, park where you want. Yeah, and you go to Woolworths, you can walk up and down the aisles because there's no school kids <laughs> And there's stuff on the aisles, I'm, on the I, shelves. I, yeah. I, I get a bit spooked out, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I even consider looking at the aisles where I don't want to buy something and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been to Saint-Tropez, Cliff? No, no. no. Well, it's a, it, I've been to Dramana. Okay, well, look, it's very similar to Dramana. Yeah. It's in, in July and August, which is the full summer, it's jam-packed, you can't move. And I, you know, I used to like it, but then I thought I'll go there in September, see what it's like in September, which was just after the season. It's dead, and it's not a good feeling actually. It's really, because there's nobody anywhere, and oh, because see, they all close like up. That. Well, it's it's lovely, but after yep. a few days, you get a bit closed. Don't talk to your All the shutters down. Yeah. What What are you looking for in Saint Tropez? Action, eh? Action. Girls. <coughs> Girls. Yeah. As and boats, happened. presumably. Boats? Girls on boats? No, no, no. Boats. No. no, no. As, as it happened, there are about uh, twelve or fifteen young. Girls just walked in that building next door. What's that building next door? It's the youth centre. Right. Well, they, they, young ladies look gorgeous. They all had shorts on. I thought I should go up there and watch that. I've got time. But I. I you you were due up. in here, Cliff. So I it's thought just they as well. afterwards. I yeah. thought they might bar me, and I don't want to be in public because you never know who will come out and talk to me about what I did when I was about twenty, right? <laughs> and I was drunk and I've forgotten. Hey, there've been some lovely photographs. There've been some lovely photographs on your Facebook page lately that you've been uh, obviously digitised images from your life. Ah, yeah, that's my my daughter does all that stuff. Oh, does she? I've got two daughters. One's yeah. No, the other one's better. (laughs) (laughs) Lucky we didn't mention their names. The other one's a genealogy expert, and she plays violin, and she does all those things. Uh, And uh, yeah, one one or two strike me, and. uh, so I put them on. But uh, one of them I looked like a, a gangster, but still, you know. What are you doing for the rest of the afternoon, Cliff? Well, the afternoon's more or less gone for me. I'm, you know, I get up early. Yeah. It's, I'm ready for my dinner at about four o'clock. Fantastic. So, <laughs> no, I don't know what I'm doing for the rest of the afternoon. You still get visiting the RSL? Of course I'll go to the RSL, yeah, mm. for a beer. But I only have one pot now. Right. Yeah. The body just won't let me. And I can't have too many cigarettes either. It's really weird. Yeah, well, you you should take up um, um, marijuana. I think you'd you'd really enjoy marijuana. I'm allergic to marijuana. Are you? Yes. What about heroin? Heroin, as the Chinese say, heroin is... I hallucinate if I get this. Don't do this at home, folks. Please, (laughs) please, I'm told it's about one in a hundred thousand, but I have it. Oh, yeah, lucky you. (laughs) But it's strange how the body says you can't have any Yeah, it's true. I'm getting there. 
But uh, there are other parts of the body of pity they don't work too. (laughs) Well, listen here, folks. Um, It is... uh, We're moving on, sadly. Guess what? I've got a lot of notes here. None of them are worth reading out anyway. Is there anything you'd like to tell us? No. 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 Just hello to all the people out there. It's so nice to have you in, Cliff. Yeah. Well, you never know. No. Okay. Well, we've got to just say a few things. Um, we've got a few news items this week. Uh, Framing Nature still on at McClellan Sculpture Park until March. Ruth Rogers Wright. Yes. Starring in, as uh, Nina Simone. Liberian Days at Chapel Off Chapel, 7th to the 18th this month. Yeah. Uh, Bridget Thomas, her exhibition Fish and Ships is on at Merrick's General Store until the 25th of February. And, uh, yeah, we had her in on the show today. We did indeed. Oh, I saw her, yeah. Mm. On that Whistlewood until February the 4th is 2020, a series of place... A sense of place. <laughs> oh, oh, sense of place. He's squinting and he's wearing no, his no, glasses. glasses are broken. Oh. 218, contemporary Australian landscapes by 40 leading artists of diverse cultural backgrounds. Oh my God! From around Australia, yeah. sounds terrible. No, well, it should be. It, it, It'll no? be fabulous. It will be, be fabulous. fabulous. Yeah. Okay. Um, this afternoon at three o'clock, you might be interested in this cliff yes. jazz and blues at St John's Anglican Church, Point Nepean Road, Sorrento. Uh, it is um, who is it? It's a jazz piano legend, Bob Sedagreen, um, with the band Sonia Horbert, Ivan uh, Ivan Rosa, and Oscar Rosa. Do you know them? No, no, I don't. My no, wife okay. Amanda swears that Bob Sedagreen is as good as you'll get. Oh, okay. Well, it's um, tickets are available from Jack and Andy. Oh, look, I, I think if you just go to the door at this point, it's on at three o'clock this afternoon. And you better tell people not to go to the Manchester Art Gallery because the nymph's not there. Oh, taking it down. Oh, oh. very sad. Oh, in Manchester, England. Yeah, the famous painting of the nymph. Oh, nymph. really? What's a fe- young female? Why have they taken it down? They want to get people's opinions on uh, whether it should be taken down or not because of the way uh, things have changed. So they've taken it down to see if anyone complains? Or They're not. asking for comments from all the people. Yeah, well, it's happened with um, Beltus. They've taken a painting away of his because mm. of you know, the girl on the violin. And oh, yeah. Oh, Beltus, he went a little over the top, though, Did frankly. Really? No, yeah. not at all. So, um, that's it. Oh, well, no, the MPRG exhibition entry is now open for the 218 National yes, Works Mark. on Paper. Yes, I am. Oh, yes. The um, National Works on Paper is one of Australia's most prestigious acquisitive awards. It's a biennial exhibition, and its role is to support and promote contemporary Australian artists working on or with paper. That's up, I like that. Yeah, yeah. it's up to $50,000 worth of acquisitions and awards, so that's pretty serious. I think you can you can enter online. What I'll do is I'll put a link on our Facebook page yep. so everybody can find that. Um so I think that's about it. If you've tuned in, if you've just tuned in, you've missed Arts About. Where were you? You can hear um, the repeat of this show on Wednesdays at 12 or you can listen to the podcast on the station website. And we'll be on again same time next week, 11 o'clock a.m. next Sunday. You can find links to some of the things we've talked about today on our Facebook page. And if you like our page... You'll also get some regular posts to let you know what's coming up in the future. Remember, we may not know everything about art. We know what we like. Shuffles and electric yeah. cars. What about you, Cliff? What do you like? I think you send a donation in to fix Mark's glass. I'm going to buy some right now. And I think we should stop calling all these men pigs because uh, I feel sorry for the pigs. Yeah, okay. well, I think it's... Yeah, lovely animal. You're out in the jungle on your own. A pig comes along, a pig will eat it. Oh, absolutely. Mm. 40 minutes, apparently.